Happy Easter, everybody. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate together the greatest day in history, and that is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. I know there's so many things on our minds right now with the current situation that's going on in our world, and we wonder, can this turn around? Could this turn out better than what I'm dreading it that it might be? Could God turn this around and make it better than we're expecting? Not only can he, I believe that he wants to. And I believe he wants to do it for you, and he will if we'll just allow him. Let's go on our journey together today, and let's open up the word of God and see what God has to say about stuff like what we're going through now and how he can turn it around for our good. Jesus said it like this out of John chapter 10 and verse 10. He said, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Isn't that good news? Jesus is the one who comes to give us life and to have it abundantly. The word that I wanna share with you is the subject called remake, better than before. Hollywood does it all the time. They take stories, old movies, and they remake them and tell them in another light, tell them in another, another way so they can make it maybe better than before. I believe that God wants to do that for you and I. I don't know about you guys that are married, but my, my wife and I, we get along on just about everything. But when it comes to movies, I got different likings than she does. She's like, she likes the love story and maybe they go through a trial, but their love pulls them through in the end. I pretty much want the bad guys to be demolished and the good guys to rise to the top. Uh, revenge, I don't know. If there's ever a story where it looked like things were not gonna turn out well and it needed to be retold in a better light, it's the story we're gonna look at today. I think it'd make a great remake movie. And it's Jesus where he's been crucified, he's been lied about, he's, he's been beaten, and now he died. And he's put into a tomb, and three days later, check this story out out of Mark chapter 16. Didn't look like things were going well. Didn't look like it was gonna turn out like they had hoped, but it turned out better. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, just right there, can we pause? Right now, we're all kind of hunkered down and we're looking down. The Bible's like, come on, I want you to look up. This isn't the end of your story. It's gonna turn out better than you think it might. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, wasn't good. But there's some good news. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. 
Oh my, let's talk about this. How can God take a horrible looking situation and end up turning it around so it ends up being way better than we ever expected it could be? Can he do that in our current situation? Can he do it in the current situation in our world or your world, your life? Some of you are out of work. Some of you have got some loved ones who are sick or maybe you personally aren't feeling so well right now or all kinds of other situations that are going on in your life. Can God turn that kind of stuff around? Well, if he can do it for his son, Jesus, he can do it for you. Before, I wanna share with you today three ways to embrace a remake so things can turn out better than they were before. But before I do that, I wanna tell you two things about this resurrected Jesus. And the first is this. Jesus is the master of the remake. There's nobody that does it better than he does. He is great at turning stories around and making them better than we expected them to be. In Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse four, listen to this scripture, it says, the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again. There it is, the remake. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Everyone has areas in their life that they would love to see remade. Some of us have marriages. I'd love to see this thing be remade and turn out better than it has been so far. We have relational issues. We have our singleness or our financial situations or we, we have our own physical well-being or whatever it might be. We all have situations that we would love to see God remake and turn it around and end up being better than it was before. I came here to tell somebody today that God is the master. Jesus is the master of the remake and he wants to do it for you. I wanna share a story with you of a couple that is gonna be our future campus pastors of a church we're gonna launch in Pendleton, Oregon sometime in the near future. Listen to how God remade their story so that they ended up living a life that was far better than the life they were living before. Check this out. From the first time I laid eyes on Esther, I just had to have her. She's just. <laughs> it's, you make my heart Stop. flutter. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was just madly in love with her. The curly hair, she was so oh much fun. <laughs> Stop. Within a year, we were, we were getting married. Just before we got married, things in my life that I'd been hiding from her addiction started to come back to the forefront and so even our honeymoon it was it was rough i mean people talk about their honeymoons being so happy and i don't know i feel like the secret was kind of exposed a little bit in that time and i felt like i was robbed a little bit so my wife left me after a year and then left me again a couple years later and then finally left me for the third time seven years into our marriage with a two-year-old and a two-week-old. She put a restraining order on me and we were in divorce court and a parenting mm -hmm. plan away from our marriage ending. Um, I remember sitting in the, uh, the hospital because Kylie had RSV. Just 
feeling like, oh gosh, how am I gonna do this by myself? And for about a month, I just really dove deep into drinking. I'd get up in the morning and smoke until the hangover was gone. And one night I was on my way home from the bar alone. When I got home to an empty house, it was like, uh, it was like God let me feel the weight of every decision I'd made. And I just broke down. I just started begging him for mercy. And it was there where we, he met me. And, and God just reached down and said, of course I'll give you mercy. It was a scary time. And that's when Jason found Teen Challenge right after. And our life has never been the same. So I remember walking into Life Church for the first time. And that's really what impacted and saved our marriage mm. was people who would speak faith into the situation, yeah. speak that nothing with God is impossible, that he can, he can change it all. Just the joy that the life you can have that you never thought, never could I have dreamed of a life like this. Mm. When you give your life to Jesus and you surrender, he starts showing you the real you and what he made you for, and giving you hope and a future. I know that if God can remake this mess, take away addiction and change my life, change our marriage, change our family, and use us, he can do the same for you. Yeah. And he so wants to. Only God can take broken lives like that and turn it around and end up making it better than they were before. I know this firsthand, watching it in my own family. Both my parents had been married before and divorced. Two broken people that came together and just ended up giving birth to more brokenness. And our family growing up was, was this, a lot of anger, a lot of alcoholism, drug abuse, physical abuse, uh, hatred, all of this turmoil that was on the inside of our home. And I'm watching this as a young boy and watching how, how, how much evil there really is in our world. And then I watched Jesus, the master of the remake, get a hold of my mom. And the story began to change right then. She was like one of these ladies who showed up to the tomb and wondering, who's gonna roll the stone away? It's this, this massive obstacle in front of me, and my mom had this massive obstacle where she was on the brink of having another divorce, and, and our family is in turmoil, and, the, and, and everyone was trying to deal with it their own way through anger and fighting and hatred and drug abuse and alcoholism, and all of this stuff was the way that we were trying to deal with it. My mom was finally, there's got to be another way. There has to be a way where our story ends up better than it's been so far. And she showed up to the tomb thinking there's this major obstacle, thinking of getting a hold of between her and God. How do I get rid of this obstacle? And God was on the way to her already. And my mom gave her life to Jesus. And then this avalanche of goodness began to transpire where one person after another person after another person until all five members of my immediate family were completely and radically changed. And all of that stuff that was destroying us was eradicated. 
and love entered into our home and reconciliation entered into our home. And what only God can do, I'm here to tell you, where he took his resurrection power and he resurrected our family. Many of you have stories like that. Many of you have stories where you're ready for God to intervene in the midst of your story and to turn it around. I I just need you to know, Jesus is the master of the remake. But here's another thing you need to know before I let you in on, on, on how we can embrace this remake, is not only is he the master of the remake, he chooses the most unlikely to remake. I love this about God. It may be one of my favorite, if not my favorite thing about him. One of my favorite things is that God picks the most unlikely characters in his story, in his movie, The Remake. He picks the most unlikely people. That's why I find it so interesting in this story that the Lord wants to point out, who are the characters in my remake story? Well, here's one, a lady by the name of Mary Magdalene, and let me tell you about her. She is whom I cast out seven demons, Jesus said. Why does he tell us that? Because he wants us to know, I don't pick the people who think they don't need me. I don't pick, well, he did, he picks them too, but he's like, the ones that feel the most unlikely, the ones who are all bound up and tormented and feel like they don't deserve God, God's like, hey, you're the one. I choose the most unlikely to remake their stories. So he picks Mary Magdalene to be front row seat, main character in Jesus' remake story in this original resurrection story. And then he points out this, this character. He goes, go tell his disciples and Peter. Why is that important? Maybe you don't know, but Peter was one of the original 12 disciples who told Jesus, I'll never deny you. And when Jesus needed, them, needed him the most, when he was about to be crucified, Peter is asked, hey, aren't you one of his disciples? Peter's, no, I don't even know the guy. I don't know this Jesus of whom you're talking about. Three times. Peter denied even knowing his best friend Jesus when Jesus needed him the most. And then in this story, the angel is obviously instructed by God. By the way, go tell his disciples and Peter. The most unlikely. You know, we have, when we're in high schools, right, we... We have the most likely to succeed or the most likely for this. We don't often have, and we shouldn't, the most unlikely. And God's like, hey, if you ever felt like you were the most unlikely to be a follower of mine, I pick you. Jesus is like, I pick you to be a part of my story. I'll remake your story. Where it feels like, man, all I've, I've been locked up most of my life. I'm in, still in jail now, or I'm on my way to jail, or, or I, I, I've been from one broken relationship to another broken relationship, and I can't keep a job, I can't, I can't keep love, I'm, I feel hate in my heart. All of these things that we come up with excuses of why I would never be a good candidate to be a Christ follower. I'm just here to tell you, you are a good candidate. Jesus is saying in the story, I choose the most unlikely people to remake their stories so they can be better than they ever were before. All right, he's the master of it and he chooses the most unlikely. Well, how do I embrace it? How do I embrace a remake? All right, let's talk about it. The first thing that 
I want us to catch is right out of this scripture where the angel says this in Mark chapter 16 and verse 6. He goes, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. Hmm. Well, they were alarmed. And I would have been too and so would you. If you show up to a tomb where someone had died and the stones rolled away and the person who was placed in there is resurrected and now you're talking to an angel, I'm alarmed. But their first words are, do not be alarmed. If you and I are going to embrace the story of the remake and let that remake begin to work in us, the first lesson from this story that you and I are to learn is this, don't give in to a spirit of fear. Don't be alarmed. And the reason why is because fear's a liar. Yeah, it, it uses facts, and it tells you, yeah, you lost your job. Well, that's true. But what fear does is it then tries to come to conclusions that that's the end of your story. Well, that's where fear's a liar. If I'm going to embrace a remake, then I can't let fear be the one that tells me what the conclusion of my story is gonna be like. Don't let fear be the one that tells you the conclusion of your story. Let God be the one. Don't be alarmed. Listen, I wouldn't be afraid of bills that amounted to $5,000 without a job if I knew tomorrow I'm getting a check for $5,000. I only get afraid about the need when I come to conclusions, and I think that's all there is to my story, is need. But what if on the other side of my need, there's provision? Do not be alarmed. Fear is a liar. Another thing about fear that I want you to know is, is that it doesn't come from God. The Bible's pretty clear that God has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and of power and a sound mind. So another thing that fear does, it doesn't just lie to us, it, it paralyzes us. We've all felt that at times, right? Something startles you so much, you're just like, ah, oh, we freeze. I remember that as a kid, just being like frozen. Don't wanna look under the bed, right? I'm just frozen. I'm afraid the boogeyman's under my bed, so I don't move. I, I don't even have the strength to get up and turn the light on. Fear's a paralyzer. So I, when the angel says, do not be alarmed, it's because he knows that if we get alarmed and we give in to this spirit, we'll believe things we shouldn't believe to the end of our story, and then we won't be able to do the next thing. Because it's a paralysis, listen to this. Number two thought about embracing a remake is this. It said, he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. Look at this, he is risen. He's not here. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Oh, I love this. So you see, the, to embrace a remake, I, I realize I, I, can't give, I can't be alarmed. I gotta listen to the angel. Don't be alarmed. Don't give in to that spirit of fear. But then, get up. Jesus got up. He, it said he's risen. He's not here. You see, if I give in to that spirit of fear and I, I, I just live in a constant alarm state, I get paralysis and I don't get up from my situation. I, I think this is where I'm stuck. Listen, I, I believe that the Lord wants you to know this. Just because 
you're stuck today doesn't mean you're going to be stuck tomorrow. Just because you're out of work today doesn't mean you're going to be out of work tomorrow. Just because he left you yesterday doesn't mean you have to be alone today. God is always with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Just because whatever the situation may be, you fill in the blank. Where things are bleak today and it's not looking so good. Well, I'm not gonna give in and say, well, that's how it's gotta be forever. Just because I'm laying in my situation right now doesn't mean this is my final resting place. Just because I'm quarantined right now doesn't mean I'm gonna be quarantined forever. Just because I'm in this situation right now doesn't mean this is where the rest of my life will be. I need to embrace the remake. I need to get up. I don't have to stay where I am today. I want you to know, this too shall pass. Whatever situation you're facing right now, this too shall pass. This is not the end of your story. Jesus is not finished with you yet. Oh, do you believe that today? I trust the word of God is gonna minister to you deeply today. Jesus got up so you and I could get up. He got up so we could get out of our tombs of sin. He got up so we could get out of our tombs of addiction. He got up so we could get out of our tombs of anxiety. He got up so we could get out of our tombs of depression. He got up so we could get up as well. He did all of this to show you and I. He's the master of a remake. This does not have to turn out the way that you might think that it has to turn out. God is good. He came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But maybe the most meaningful part of this story to me is this next part. And I mentioned it to you already, but I wanna just share it with you for another couple moments. In verse seven, he says, but go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. To embrace the remake, I gotta not be alarmed, not give into a spirit of fear. I gotta get up and then I gotta hear this and Peter part and you will see him. I got to make it personal. Make it personal. Jesus did not go through everything he went through to give us something called religion. He went through everything he went through to make it personal. He wants to know you. And by the way, he already does. He knows more about you than you know about yourself. He knows more about me than I know about myself. And he's like, I choose the most unlikely and I pick you. And so Peter, out of all the disciples, was the one, I'll never desert you, I'll never betray you. And he denies even knowing him. And he's like, oh, by the way, let Peter know, I wanna make this personal with him. Because I love Peter. He loves you, Randy, Jennifer, Sally. He knows your name. He knows right where you're at, your situation. He knows everything about you. And he's like, I did all of this so that you could make it personal. He didn't die to give us religion. He died to give us relationship. Today is the day where maybe I, maybe you, we could say, God, I, if you're the master of a remake, I'm a, I got a mess of a story here. And my life has been a mess. And I've never been really 
into religion. Which, by the way, you'd probably get along with Jesus because he's not really into religion either. <laughs> he's, he's into relationship. You probably would like him because he is madly in love with you. So here we are. You say, oh, I, I, got all these I got all this mess. I, you're a candidate. And it's time for it to become personal. I'm not talking about joining a church. I'm not talking about joining some religion. I'm talking about letting what Jesus did on that cross and emptying that tomb, letting that become personal for you. You say, well, how do I do that? Very simply like this. He's not expecting perfection out of you. He already knew that we aren't perfect. He's not expecting perfection out of me. He just wants honesty. It's just like, okay, God, I need you. And very simply, if that would be you, then will you pray this prayer with me right where you are right now? Will you just pray this prayer and just very simply say, Jesus, will you forgive me of all my sins? Will you come into my heart so that I could be born again? Jesus, I want a remake. Amen. If that's you, you just prayed that prayer, oh my, heaven is rejoicing and get ready for God to begin to start the process of turning everything around. Let's recap really quickly. How do we embrace this remake? We, rem we remember this. He's the master of a remake. He chooses the most unlikely. Hey, he chose me. He could choose you. Trust me. If he can take this kind of life and he could do something good with it, he can take your life and do something amazing with it. So what do I do? I'm not gonna be alarmed. Come on, people. Let's not give in to all the alarmists. Let's, now, I'm not, it, the Bible's clear. Hey, he did die. This is where he laid. Those are the facts, but it's not the end of the story. So I'm not gonna give in to a spirit of fear because if fear is a liar. And I'm gonna get up. I'm not gonna stay stuck. Even though things aren't where I want them to be today, even though things aren't where you may want them to be today, I don't have to stay here. I can get up out of my mess and let God of, of my messes turn them into miracles. God wants to take your story and do something amazing with it. Just like he did with the story we heard earlier where he could take somebody's life and turn it around. You're the next one in line. He wants to do that with you. You can get up. You don't have to stay where you are. You don't have to stay stuck in that tomb of whatever it might be that you feel stuck in. So I'm gonna get up. You're gonna get up. And then I'm gonna make it personal. I don't, I don't wanna stiff arm God anymore. I don't wanna keep God in some religious box or keep God at a distance. Or that's my grandma's religion. Or that's your, that's somebody else's. Now, he wants to make it personal with you. He did all of this not to give you a denomination or a religion, but to give you a relationship. That's available today. So let's trust in all of the word of God and the power of this resurrected Jesus. We're gonna get up out of our messes and we're gonna see Jesus give us a remake so things become better than they ever were before. God bless you.